Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Dustin Lunt. How do you do? I am the other host, Jake Trovich. How are you doing tonight, Jake? Freaking amazing. You know why? Why? Two reasons. Two reasons. Number one, we get a drink. Of we course. get to talk fantasy football. I combine that into one. Yes. It's the title of the name, but I count it as one. So I'm always happy because of that. Absolutely. But number two, I'm especially happy because... You get to get paid out on our last week's beer bag. I do, you know unfortunately. That, that means you, sir, have to chug a beer of my choosing. I hope you're mentally bracing yourself. Uh, nothing can prepare me for this. <laughs> After the last one, I just... I, I know... I like to think it can't possibly be, be worse than it was. Yeah, you'd think that. But I have a feeling <laughs> it's probably going to be worse than it's, it was. You know what? Only you're so, going to be able to tell us for sure. I know. Uh, we are deep into week seven now. Yes. Woo. We are like... Damn, we are halfway through. I know. That's I insanity. exactly halfway through the regular fantasy football yes, season. Yes, insanity here. That's big. It's going by quick. It's terrifying. I know. All right. So, before we get into the nuts and bolts of the episode, we got to talk about what we're drinking first here. God, of course we... The good stuff. Absolutely. Yes, the good beer that I will be yeah. rinsing my mouth out <laughs> from the <laughs> shitty beer I drink here. So we've got uh, Third Space tonight. Uh, we've gone to them a few times already. But yeah. they do good beer. So, they I mean... They do. Yeah. And, and you know what? You can call us, uh, you know, weak-willed if you want, because we don't want to get too adventurous with this. But sometimes you just want the Absolutely. comfort of a good brand. Yes. You know what I mean? So this is their Mocha Java Porter. Uh, and I'm not going to lie, because that would be rude to our listeners. And to me. I had I started drinking one prior to the podcast, and mm. it is delicious. Big fan of it. I am loving every second of it. Comes in at a hefty 7%. That is hefty. That's a porter. Porters always run that yeah. gamut. Where... I feel like that's how you actually know it's a good sign that's not going to be a thin porter, as we like to talk about. Like, you know, those thin porters, I feel like you get into the 5% range. That's yeah. pretty much what you're bargaining for. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, but it is a beautiful beer. Head. Nice and dark. Yeah. Nice, almost black beer. Ooh. Uh, nice tan head, caramel head. I like that description. Yeah. Uh, it is really, really tasty. Holy fuck, that's good. And I even I only had the sip of the foam at the top. I yeah. only headed it. It's roasty. It's got the chocolate. It's got the coffee. Big on the chocolate. I wouldn't say big on the coffee. Which no, it's all there. the better. I don't like it when it's like No, you don't need, you don't need a slap. Yeah, you don't need a slap in your face with the coffee, but no. uh, I think this is a delicious beer. Can I say something bold? You may here instead of at the end of the episode? Uh, both, but this is like a top 10 porter for me. Oh, nice. This is... Yeah, it is. Great. It is really good. Well done. But and it doesn't... See, and this it, is why we go back to that. And it doesn't taste like a 7% beer either, which I no. really like. No. It's it's the, the cacao nibs that do it for me, that tempers it. Yeah, way to go, Third Space. Go, go, mm-hmm. go get them. Yes. Hashtag my Third Space, it says on the... Yes. Can. Get this one in particular. This is a great beer. For real. Out yeah. of Milwaukee... Hopefully available in your local store. Hopefully. If not, let us know. Maybe we can do a beer exchange. That'd be fun. Oh, my God. We should absolutely do that. So let us know. We, we might be able to make that happen. Hit us up. For now, I'm just going to yeah. choke. Not choke this down. No. Enjoy this. Yes. Sit this down. 
All right. So moving on. Yeah. We got a mailbag this week. We got a mailbag question, which we will attempt to answer here. Betwixt us. Yes. Ever since you said betwixt on the last episode, I can't stop wanting to use it. Well, it's a great word. Yeah, it really It is. doesn't nearly get used enough anymore. No, where did it go? I don't know. No. It was here around Shakespeare's time, and then it just kind Bringing of... Bringing it away. back. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Mailbag question comes from at fantasy fan C. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Spelled out. F-A-N-C. Get it? Yeah. Get it? Okay. He says, I currently have Goff at quarterback, Godwin, Diggs, Woods, Tyrell Williams, and Curtis Samuel at wide receiver. That's a lot of names. Mm-hmm. Right? You digested? You digested. Okay. Ready. Should I trade away Godwin for Galladay and Russell Wilson? This Ooh. is a 1QB redraft league, not Dynasty. Oh. So for the short term, are you siding with Godwin? Or you want to take the chance on Galladay and then get a boost to your quarterback with Wilson? Okay, so he'd be left. I'm assuming it's a he. I apologize if you're not. It could be either. This person, we'll leave it that they. way, will have then, if they make this trade, they'll have Galladay, Diggs, Woods, Tyrell, and Curtis Samuel. Yeah, which I don't hate as a receiving no. court, but I feel like you're getting rid of, obviously, the best wide receiver of all the names listed. Absolutely. For me. By far. I wouldn't say by far. Robert Wood, hmm, it's tough, right? Isn't Godwin like the number one or number two fantasy wide receiver right now? Let me look it up. I mean, he's he's very high up there. I know he's... He is number one in standard, which we don't fuck with. Yeah, that's right. So he is also number one in... PPR. So you're getting rid of the number one uh, wide receiver. Yep. Galladay has been showing up after kind of a slower start to the season. I know he had a decent game last week. No touchdown, but over 100 yards. Russell Wilson, he's having a fantastic season so far. He is. So that would definitely be an upgrade as your quarterback. You know, getting rid of or having Russ in there instead of Goff. Yeah. It's essentially, do you want the built-in plug-and-play Chris Godwin where you set it and forget it, or do you want to have to deal with all of the matchups mm-hmm. in wide receiver? So do you want to? do you feel good about playing that? Because I don't trust Diggs, as we've talked about before. No, absolutely not. Basis. Robert Woods has been disappointing. Mm-hmm. I think that he can come back from it, but who really knows? Tyrell's been disappointing. Yes. Uh, Curtis Samuel, matchup dependent. Yes, he's been very so, up and down. I would honestly still lean at keeping Godwin and hope that there's somebody else out at quarterback that you can pick up mm-hmm. off the waivers. Right. Maybe a Darnold type is still out there. Right. A Josh Allen type is out there, and I would feel more comfortable doing that. I think. Mm-hmm. So I would keep him. I'd keep that one. I am leaning that way, too. The only thing I will say is that Godwin's on his bye this week, and Galladay's already passed his bye, so you're gaining a week of production there. That's a good point. Does that one week overall make up for the rest of the season? For me, no. No, I, I, I agree. I And Russell Wilson, why he's been great, I just... Quarterback replaceability yes. and redraft. Yeah, in a one QB redraft yeah. league. It's, it's, it's real. He's yeah. the number two on the season. And Goff hasn't been terrible, aside from this last week. Shit. This last week was god-awful. He's been average otherwise. We'll, we'll talk about that later. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> That's right. 
Yeah, I, I think we could both say keep Godwin. Yes. I'm, I'm not saying that it's a terrible. It's thing not. To no, it's not. But to have the number one overall wide receiver in fantasy is is a big boost over your competitors. Oh God, yes. God, yes. So, uh, have we delayed this long enough for you? I don't think we have, but let's not put it off any longer here. Now or never. It's now or never. Doing the beer bet payoff. Yes. So, just as a refresher, yes, please do. Last week, you had made the bold prediction that uh, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes would combine for nine touchdown passes. I was so confident that Houston would try and slow down the game that I said, I will make a beer bet based on the over-under of six. So if they score six or fewer, I win. If they score mm-hmm. more than six, you win. They ended up scoring five touchdowns for passing purposes. And so here we are. You are now drinking. Is this, you said eight ounces, so I want you to give yeah. a lift and, and see if that's fair. Yeah, so I, I'm having him drink an O'Fallon salted caramel pumpkin beer. There are two things that I know about this man. He grows a glorious beard, and he hates fucking pumpkin beer. I do hate pumpkin beer. Now, beers. to be fair, this beer in particular is not super pumpkin-y. It is really fucking caramel, though. <laughs> it is all caramel. It's it all... is somebody melted down the inner parts of a Twix, tried to make it into a beer. Okay? So that's why I said you only have to drink eight ounces. Because you already know it's a terrible beer. It comes in a 16, guys, and obviously, we already ruled that out. We can't do tall boys for these chugs. But it's going to be so sickeningly sweet. I mean, it's Halloween come early, uh, but not in the way that you might want it to be. So So I'm not ready to uh, chug this, but I have no choice. Uh, Congratulations, Jake. Again, it pains me so much to say that, but... Why do you uh, keep making these bets, Dustin? (laughs) It's fun. It would just be a boring podcast if there's really hardly any drinking involved. Uh, Okay, I appreciate your sacrifice for the good of the podcast. That's right. So... Um, tip my cup to you. Thumbs up. Thank you, I think. (laughs) Nope. All right. And we go. (laughs) Drinking out of your sweet plastic cup with the clown referee on it, which is very apt after last night. Look at that technique. He's done. Total of five seconds. Done. And not looking pleased, but accomplished. Better than the steel reserve. I will say. Okay. High praise, Your There's definitely the pumpkin the spice in there. I can taste that. Wow. Um, I did not. Yeah, there's definitely some some after spice, a little like cinnamon, pumpkin, pumpkin spice flavor. Okay. In the in the after kick. Yeah. At the time, just all yeah, was I fair though in that syrup it, it caramel? Was, it was pretty caramely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't get a lot of pumpkin. Um, apparently I don't love beer that much because uh, it's not that good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for uh, taking that on. Well, I, you're most certainly welcome. I mean, it's not like you had a choice. but <laughs> And it's not going to dissuade me from uh, making other uh, beer bets with you, sir. So don't good. you worry. Good. Everybody heard that. All right. Well, that was great. Can't yes. wait for the next one. Yes. Can I get to choose another ridiculous beer for you to drink? Yes. Keep your eyes out for the uh, video of that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, uh, there's there's a good chance it will be posted. So yeah, we'll you can actually see me and, and my eyes watering after the fact uh, <laughs> from drinking that. So I don't blame you. 
I don't blame you one bit. All right, so let's get into the nuts and bolts here now that you have mm-hmm. that nice pumpkin buzz going. That's right. Let's talk away from our pickups for week seven. Uh, do you want to kick us off for a quarterback? Do you want to collect yourself a little bit more? Yeah, I'll start us off. Why not? Nice. I like it. So my quarterback is Mr. Daniel Jones. Danny, Danny. Or as I am going to call him after he goes off this week, Mr. D Sizzle. It's a thing. It's good. It's, it's not a thing. It is. Yeah. So he is going to be D Sizzle after this week. He's got Arizona. Yeah. I, that is just a tasty, tasty matchup. Yeah. We've seen him against other less than stellar defenses put up big points. Well, in our scoring on ESPN against Tampa Bay, he put up 45 points. Against Washington, he had 22 points. So I feel like he he's going to produce. Golden Tate's another week into this offense here uh, after coming back from the suspension. Uh, I'm not sure if Evan Ingram will be back this week or not. Um, but if he is, that's obviously a big boost. You know, I don't expect... Uh, uh, Sterling Shepard to be back. I think he'll be out for quite a bit. Yeah, yet, he was on like. the practice field, uh, but they were less than hopeful that he would Sounds be like Barkley, there's a good chance he could be back this week. So if Barkley's back, that's definitely a boost. Uh, everything's just uh, lining up well for uh, Daniel Jones to have a good week this week against a very poor Arizona defense. Yeah, I I buy that. And, and he's looked really good yes. against teams that are not New England. So don't which to be fair, nobody's looked good against New England. So that's the thing. So it's like you can't hold that against them too mm-hmm. much. I like the pickup. Uh, not as much as mine, obviously. But to be fair, mine is more owned. But not as much as it should be. It's Josh Allen, who is only forty seven point eight percent rostered in ESPN League. Which is wow. very surprising. How? I get that he's coming out of a bye week. Mm-hmm. So maybe a lot of it has to do with that. That's what I'm hoping. Um because otherwise, that's irrational. Josh Allen gets incredible matchups coming up the next five weeks. As I talked about on our friend's uh, Clock Management podcast on this last Friday, he was a buy-low candidate for me there. He's an easy pickup for me, um, full free. He gets to play against Miami, which we know is a cheat code. Mm-hmm. He gets to play them twice in the next five weeks. Very nice. Sandwiched between those, it's Philly who got absolutely destroyed this mm-hmm. last week and many weeks. Uh, Washington, which is the 28th uh, best uh, defense against the pass, which means they're god-awful. And then Cleveland, which is a very well, uh, beatable let, team. Let's just say with Washington, they went down to the wire with Miami. So, <laughs> so if that tells you anything about their team. But to be fair, that was because Ryan Fitzmagic came in oh, and tried to save right. the day. Mr. Fitz and Spurts came God, out. that was so nice to see him back on the field. <laughs> that net it beard, so oh, that was glorious. Uh, we got to taste at least. We got to taste. Yeah, Josh Allen, go get him. Okay, I like it. So my running back then, moving on, is Malcolm Brown. Now, he, he has jumped up quite a bit in percentage owned, but still only 58% rostered. Yeah. Uh, jumped up just over 30% in the last week. For obvious reasons. But still, not as highly owned as I expected. I get coming off of this last week with San Francisco, it wasn't very pretty. Basically got all of his yards in the first drive and then did nothing for the rest of the day. But San Francisco is looking like a legit defense 
kind of like the aforementioned New England yeah. team. You know, you can't they're destroyers. Yes, of they coach. just you, they're legit. So you got to kind of wipe that off the books. I think um, the Rams are going to circle the wagons. They're going to come back. Good game plan. They've got a couple of nice matchups here in the next couple weeks, going against Atlanta and Cincinnati before the bye. Todd Gurley doesn't look like he's probably going to play again from the early reports. So he is the number one option running back in that offense. I think he is a must start. He catches the ball out of the backfield. I know he hasn't had a lot of receptions so far, but he has shown it in the past. And he can do it. He can do it. And like I said, they're going to come up with a plan. Sean McVay is going to come up with a plan to turn this season around. I believe that. And got to pick him up and start him. Especially if Todd Gurley is going to be out. Yeah, and I feel like at this point, you just he should be 100% owned based on the fact that every Todd Gurley owner should have him. Absolutely. Him. There's no reason not to have him as a as a handcuff mm-hmm. because you're, you're seeing in action what is happening with Gurley. It's not a what if anymore. It's happening now. Mm-hmm. You should have him as security on your roster. So I totally, totally miss that. Speaking of handcuffs, Benny Snell Jr., the now number two back on the depth charts, uh, while Jalen Samuels is out in Pittsburgh, um, James Conner got hurt last game in the third quarter. And, and he's had a history of getting dinged up and, and dealing with some minor injuries and missing some time. So And they, uh, they're they not a team that's going to make him just play through those injuries. Right. Mike Tomlin is better than that. He's smarter than that. So, yeah, when he gets dinged up, he's going to come off the field. Benny Snell, we got to see what he did. Uh, when he got a full workload, and mm-hmm. it looked good. Yeah, he looked legit. He had 17 carries, 75 yards, added a reception in there. It's the 17 carries. That's like, whoo, baby, that's... And he rumbled. Yeah. He rumbled for him. Um, he is only 2% owned in ESPN leagues. That definitely has to jump up this week. Mm-hmm. Connor could be back, obviously, um, they are going into their bye week here. He should be able to get rested up. But even still, I want Benny Snow, if I am that uh, Connor owner. Absolutely. I'm sure I want him now. Um, and even if I'm not the Connor I owner. I think it would be like a, a sneaky good flex play for the week. I really do. It, it could be. So uh, coming out of their bye, it could very well be a respectable play. I, I don't know. I would want to see what Connor's health is. I still don't think that they would give him the full workload. No, I don't think you get the full workload, but before Jalen Samuels went out with his, you know, surgery, mm-hmm. he was getting a decent amount of work on a week-to-week basis. He was getting a few attempts here, and th- but not the kind that would make me comfortable starting. No, but, I don't but, have other options. But, you know, here we are in the middle of the season. We got four teams on by, at least four teams on by every week from here on out for a while. Yeah. So... You know, we're, we're digging down here to get, you know, usable flex players. Now, I will say, to your point, their first matchup out of the bye, Miami Dolphins. So, we saw Tony Pollard go off against right. them. And maybe that gives maybe that gives Connor another week to rest up. Sure. So that maybe Snell would be, like, the feature back in that week just because it is the Dolphins and... And why bother? Exactly. You know? So, so yeah, for that week and, and for weeks beyond as a handcuff, I like him. All right. Moving on, wide receivers. My wide receiver is only 26% owned. 
Yeah, there's a good reason for that, though, to this point. There is. I have Dante Pettis. So, I get he's been severely disappointing so far in the season, especially for all the preseason hype. He was getting drafted super high. But over the last couple weeks, coming out of the bye, he's been seeing more and more usage. He's been getting more and more targets. Uh, even before the bye, he he had a decent number of targets. He had five targets right before the bye. Had six targets this last week. You know, hasn't gotten the touchdown. Hasn't gotten the big chunk yards. Although his average reception uh, was 11 and 15 yards over the last couple weeks. So that's definitely improving. The reason why he needs to be picked up and I think he could be a good play, good flex play for you, is that Debo Samuel has been injured. And who else do they have on the team other than good Kittle? Goodwin. Has he really done anything, though? No, but neither has Pettis. True. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel I, like they have an equal opportunity, maybe? Th- this may be, but I feel like Pettis was the one that had all the hype. I think for some reason he just got in the doghouse there. Yes. You know, in San Francisco, so this could be his opportunity to prove himself just because they really don't have any other options, so he's going to be forced to be on the field. So I feel like this could be the week. And they have Washington, so, I mean, that's a good matchup. Uh, Got to target those bad defenses. Exactly. So I, that's um, – that's, go get him. I, I like him this week. Nice. nice. Get him now while you still can because if he goes off this week, there's no chance of getting him the rest of the season. Now, that's, that's a very important note, I feel like, is there is a reason that we try and dig for the lower-owned guys. We're not gonna, we try not to tell you if somebody, you know, 70% owned, go pick him up if he's out there. That's obvious for exactly. most of these guys. But a lot of these, it's they're like speculative ads. Mm-hmm. It's not, maybe they won't do anything this week, but you're holding them uh, on, on the, the hopes mm-hmm. and the promise of a breakout, which right. I could absolutely And like see. I said, Dante Pettis was like, such a preseason darling. Everybody was high on him. Everyone thought this was going to be the breakout. So get him now while you can because, like I said, if he does have that week, like I'm expecting him to have, all those truthers are going to come back out of the woodwork and he's just not going to be available. So For sure. Who do you got? I have a fresh face, a fresh name that nobody probably knew going into Monday night's game. It's Alan Lazard, wide receiver for the Packers. Uh, who was umpteenth on the depth chart, mm-hmm. it felt like, uh, prior to this game. Did you happen to listen to the Ballers episode today? No. Oh. Did they mention him? Yeah, oh, absolutely. He Did is now. Oh, he is the Lazard King now. Oh, uh, come on. <laughs> come, now, is it Lazard or Lazard? I felt like they were saying Lazard on. It may podcast, be, but they were but, saying the Lazard King. All right, so, fine. Um, I liked it only because they were talking about the Packers, and, you know, yeah. it just makes me. So happy and so much joy in my life Look, to I hear talk Packers talk about about. The, about the Godfathers <laughs> of Fantasy Football Podcast. So so good on you. Um, but Lazard Lazard is a must own for me right now. He is zero percent owned. I mean, he nobody has him. And I think there's a reason for that. <laughs> of course, of course. Especially in redraft. And yeah, I doubt he's even owned in dynasty leagues. I highly doubt it. But. When he was called to action, Devontae Adams, we know, is out with the turf toe. Geronimo Allison got demolished. Ooh, breaking news from Sleeper. Sorry to cut in here. Jaguars cornerback Jalen Ramsey is in the process of being traded to the Rams. 
No shit. Yeah. So the Rams just traded Marcus right. Peters today. So I that makes who, sense. Was it so... I don't remember who they sent him off to, but... I don't recall either, but... Uh, Interesting. Yeah. So they're making some room. Absolutely. So... Fuck. Oh, no. They're not going to be so automatic. <laughs> Their defense was one of those that you could target sneakily because yes. the name value had people afraid to put their starting wide receivers against mm-hmm. them. Absolutely. Now, I might now it could be a legit thing, this. yes. So, yeah. sorry to interrupt your train of thought there. That's okay. Laser doesn't play them <laughs> until never. Whoa. So, cool. Until maybe the playoffs. Ooh, yeah, okay. Um, but in any case, all of the wide receivers were out mm-hmm. and disappointing. I can't count the number of drops that happened and the amount of times that Aaron Rodgers' face uh, looked like it could murder somebody without his hands doing anything. So, Laser came in, saw five targets, got four receptions, 65 yards, and a dynamite beauty touchdown. Beautiful. Uh, I mean, oh. the touchiest of the touch touchdowns. I just want to keep saying touch. But it showed the trust that he had mm-hmm. him to go to him on a play like that twice back to And back. the reports are saying that Aaron went to the head coach there and said, in the middle of the fourth quarter, third quarter, whenever it was, I don't know, recall exactly, but it's like, hey, put him in. He's like, we need to get him some plays. Like, so Aaron has his trust. I saw also that uh, Aaron had said he sits next to him in the uh, meeting rooms, mm-hmm. so he's gotten to know him. Nice. Apparently, he's a bright kid, asks like the right questions, and which is uh, big for him. Absolutely, absolutely, he is one of those quarterbacks. And if you have Aaron's trust, it goes a hell of a long way to getting some good playing time, and and obviously. It shows getting receptions. So, okay. Oh, yeah. And that was all basically mm-hmm. third, fourth quarter. And having a big touchdown reception like that is only going to help moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So Geronimo is going to be out, mm-hmm. I'm sure, for at least a couple of weeks. Absolutely. And even if he comes back, I'm not sure he gets that job back. So Yeah, he has not been impressive. Nobody has. Well, this is true. So, except for him. So uh, I think he's definitely worth it. It's not just us being Packers homers. No. But that does help. Right, tight end time. Tight ends, our favorite position to talk about. <laughs> and if you didn't sense the sarcasm, I apologize. Yeah, you really got to lay it on thick. <laughs> All right, so my tight end is Mr. Dawson Knox, the Buffalo Bills. He is only 2.9% rostered, according to ESPN. He's coming out of the bye, so that could have something to do with it. But he has quietly been having a decent season for a rookie, uh, considering nobody expected him to be starting. I know there was the injury. Uh, he's kind of buried on the depth chart. But since he's been in the lineup, he has been getting targeted on a regular he's basis. He's looked better than the fantasy production says. Absolutely. Absolutely. So he's been averaging about four targets a game, which isn't great, but in tight end world, that's fine. I'll take it. He's a downfield threat. Most weeks he's up about 18, 19 yards uh, a reception, which is big. Yeah, only the one, it. only the one touchdown so far. Uh, those will come. Those will come exactly. We know those are fickle, but he's been getting lots of looks, and he's got basically the um, taco bye week of uh, games going against <laughs> Miami. So, he gets Josh Allen, same lineup exactly. here coming up. That's huge. Yes. And um, sneaky start for redraft. Again, if your tight end happens to be on bye, uh, if, if you can go out and get him in Dynasty, I would highly recommend you trying to get him. Uh, even if you have to maybe overpay slightly right mm-hmm. now, 
I think long term he's the real deal, and I don't think you have to overpay though. Probably not, unless people listen to our podcast, which I hope they are. Yeah, so hope you have to overpay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, who do you got? I have finish off our waiver wire pickups here. Darren Fells, tight end for the Houston Texans. Uh, been hyping this guy up uh, in my articles for Rotoballer lately. He is just such an under the radar, consistent tight end. And typically, people sniff these guys out so quickly, which is why it's been weird that he's he's been available for this long. So, hey, I picked him up uh, before last week in one of my leagues, and that's right. You're welcome. Or something. I don't know. But Darren Fells has... It scares people away because, A, he's a tight end for the Texans, which have not predominantly featured tight ends. But also, he's 1A versus the 1B of Jordan Akins. And so, Jordan Akins looked to be the pass catcher, was profiled to be that way. That has not been the case, really. He's had some, some catches. He's had some days. But Darren Fells is the guy that Deshaun Watson is relying on a lot in the in the red zone which is huge. He has three touchdowns on the season. Um, the target share is not as steady as I would like it to be, but he is another guy who averages, you know, 10 yards of reception, which is nice. And his snap percentages have only gone up, 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 up every week. It topped out at 89% this last week. Which you love seeing that. I mean, that's, that's so giant. And as the other weapons there have been a little underwhelming mm-hmm. at times, the dropsies with Mr. Fuller. <sighs> Uh, DeAndre Hopkins just hasn't looked quite like himself. Kenny Stills should be back into the lineup, you would assume, but even with him there, he's been very productive, fellas that is. So I'd say pick him up. He's only 2.5% owned. Nice. Okay, so moving on. Uh, Players to cut bait on. Cut that bait. Do you want to lead us off here? Sure. All right. I would love to. Go for it. Um, I am willing to cut bait on Case Keenum. I think you've seen... The best of Case Keenum right now. Um, he got Miami, and he did fine with it. But against Miami, you are supposed to blow the stat lines up. Yes. And that's that's not what happens. And he now has to face San Francisco, which is just a death trap for opposing quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. He then plays Minnesota, which is no easy feat. Mm-hmm. He then plays Buffalo, which is also terrifying, and then he has a bye week. These next few weeks are done for him. You, you might as well start nobody in his place at this point. You might get a few points here and there. He might not even stay the quarterback there. He, he's still like 30% owned, and I get it because he was playing Miami, so maybe people just haven't made that drop yet. Right. Hopefully you do. Okay. My quarterback is Derek Carr. And I'll be honest, it took a lot to find a quarterback that I was like, really, you really just should cut bait on him. It's tough out there. It is. I mean, quarterback is so deep with the talent and and the amount of points they're putting up. I mean, it's so, so... this is my quarterback because I had to pick someone. I don't necessarily <laughs> feel great about it, but it was the best option I could find. Sure. And the thing is, like, you can cut him now. If you want to pick him up in a few weeks, exactly. he has a great matchup or something. Exactly. Yeah, but my quarterback is Derek Carr. Like I said, he hasn't been awful this year. There's really, really been one week where he's just bombed out for you. But he's got the next three weeks are pretty tough matches 
Uh, we got Green Bay. That's in, not a tough matchup. In Green Bay. Don't be a homer. That's not a tough matchup. <laughs> okay, I know they didn't. I'm sorry, I don't I, want this to happen. I know they didn't impress this last week, no. uh, but I think Detroit's better than a lot of people give them credit for. Maybe. And then they've got Houston, and then they've got Detroit over the next three weeks. So three decent defenses. Let's put it that way. Yeah, sure. They're no cakewalks. Sure, yeah. That's fair. Uh, you know, he's got Tyrell Williams as his number one. He just doesn't have weapons he's, besides Darren Waller. And Darren Waller, I mean, Josh Jacobs has been fine, but... Mm-hmm. Not again, really helping his fantasy system. No. It's not even like he's dumping off so much to Jacobs that it racks up his Exactly, fantasy. exactly. And he's not having a statistically bad season so yeah. far, but again... If you're streaming quarterbacks, there's probably better matchups, better options out there. So at least for the next few weeks, like you said, sit him, you know, get rid of him for the next few weeks. He's got some good matchups coming uh, later in the season. A couple of them that I would start him in, possibly. But for right now, yeah, you can do better than Derek Carr. Yeah, don't cling to mediocrity at a quarterback position that can be streamed to above mediocrity. Exactly. All right, so running back, speaking of mediocrity... Uh, this one's yeah, it's gonna be odd because he had statistically the best game of his short season so far, and but, this one makes me really sad. Yeah, just based I on was the preseason. Well, and I was so high on him. I thought he was gonna have a great season. Like I was just, I was all in. I bought all the hype. I, I drank the Kool Aid. I was all in. So this <laughs> makes me really sad that it's come to this. So this is Miami running back Kenyon Drake. Can you get off my lineup? Because I don't, I, I don't want a part of you. So he scored a season-high 13 points against Washington. Again, that's his high mark mm-hmm. against Washington. 13 points is fine for a week. If you need that in your flex, that's totally yeah. fine. But, but prior to that, not not someone you want in one of your two starting running back positions. Oh, certainly not. But you but you also don't want his points leading up to that, even in your flex most times. He he And I hate to admit it, I, I've had him in a number of lineups, unfortunately. And it's just it's <laughs> what I said with quarterbacks. Now it's tougher to get a good running back. So I can understand if you say, Well, he's gonna get me eight points, so I'm just gonna shove him into my flex and, and ride with it. And I, and I guess that's fine if you want to do that. Um, but that's the best matchup he's going to see mm-hmm. all season. His matchups get worse from here. And the quarterback situation could even get worse. Well, Josh Rosen is starting. Yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> Until about 10 minutes to go in the second quarter, and then they pull the ripcord and yep. shove Fitzmagic right in there. And I, I, I don't want any part of this offense right now. I wavered about some guys that I liked this year. Mm-hmm. All of them are are out for me. So yeah, put on hold, put them on the shelf until next year. Yep. Then bring them out, yep. shine them up. Yeah, if you want to buy super low in dynasty, totally cool with that. Okay, my running back is Peyton Barber. Yeah. yeah. Again, just that whole situation in Tampa for the running backs is not great. I guess you could say. But you could and you should. He has been seeing declining usage week in and week out here since the begin since week two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ronald Jones, Rojo, he's been getting more and more involved. 
I think Bruce Arians actually likes him as their first and second down back. He yeah. seems to be getting a lot of that usage. Um, actually starting to catch some balls out of the backfield. Uh, we've got Dare coming in third downs. That's being the pass catching back. Uh, Peyton Barber, he's just more of a spell, spell Rojo here. On um, you know when he's winded and on second down, uh, it's just more of like oh Rojo just ran you know cracked off a forty yard run. He needs a breather for a couple plays. You know he he's getting. Um, limited usage now and i feel like that's going to continue to decrease as the season goes on here so feel free to cut bait on him and he's got the buy this week too so that doesn't help you either all the more reason just to drop him gotcha drop it like it's hot hot potato all right wide receiver to drop to marcus robinson for me it's sad because only a few short weeks ago he was a waiver wire pickup for me and he did well for that one and a half games. And he has since seen a whole lot of nothing. Tyreek Hill is now back. Sammy Watkins, even with being out, doesn't matter. He hasn't been getting the work. He just has not seen work even close to consistently. Um, he's done and nothing with the targets that he's really seen, which is, is crazy. Think about this, in week four against Detroit, he saw nine targets. If you told me that a wide receiver for the Chiefs was going to see nine targets in the game against a okay defense, I'd say fire that some bitch up. Absolutely. Instead, he gets to four receptions for 35 yards. I know, no much touchdowns. to my chagrin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, I, I can't do it. I can't trust anybody, mm. anybody really outside of maybe Tyreek. Nico Hardman, I trust a lot more because he's been more consistent. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I'm not going to be playing this yes. in and out game with him. Yeah. Because it's not matchup dependent. It's just what happens that mm-hmm. day. Uh, who knows? I mean, it depends. Does Sammy come in for like two plays and then is he out or does he play the whole game? Yeah. Is it a Kelsey game? I mean, you just right. you just don't know what that offense. Did Pat Mahomes eat a different kind of breakfast burrito than he normally mm-hmm. does? And is that going to throw off his whole algorithm on how he yeah, chooses to Absolutely. Throw? Yeah, I don't want the headache. So I, I'm off on Demarcus Robinson. All right. So my wide receiver is Marquez Valdez-Scantling. No. As much as it pains me to say this, uh, he's had the perfect opportunity over the last couple of weeks with Adams being out to really take control and, and establish himself as that go-to receiver you know, earning Aaron Rodgers' trust, as we talked about with Lazard uh, earlier, he just hasn't done that. I mean, I know this last week he he had an injury, you know, on the Monday night game against Detroit, but only two receptions for 48 yards. I mean, his biggest week was in week three, ironically, against Denver for six receptions. He hasn't broke 100 yards. He's only got one touchdown on the season. He just, he can't seem to stay healthy, and he and I think there's trust issues with yes. Rodgers. Which is really sad because he's got all the tools. He really does. And, yes, this is kind of Packer-colored glasses talking here. <laughs> uh, but he, he seems to have all the tools to be a good wide receiver in the league, a solid number two on this offense. But he just, for whatever reason, isn't pulling it all together. And like I said, he's had such a great opportunity over these last couple weeks that it's – if it hasn't happened yet, I don't know that it's going to happen this season. It could. I just don't yeah. trust it. Hasn't it been for a lack of matchups? Exactly. 
So I feel like there's better options out there for you uh, to take up. a chance on. Straight up, would you take Lazard over Mark West? I mean, just based on what we saw this last week, yeah. Yeah, I think I would. I mean, I'd rather I'd rather start. Absolutely. I mean, I wouldn't feel great about it, but no. if I had to make that choice, yeah, I would. I would do that. Yeah, me too. Tight end. Hey, let's keep the Packers train rolling here. <laughs> tight end to cut. And uh, look, it is tough for a tight end just like it is for quarterback because there are so few options out there that are even close to reliable. So, no, I don't want to tell you to cut Jimmy Graham, but I kind of have to tell you to cut Jimmy Graham for a lot of the same reasons that you just mentioned about MVS. He's had nothing but opportunity since Devontae's been out. Mm-hmm. He could be the number one big target there. Now, granted, we all know he ain't running downfield streaking anymore. You know, he's, he's not a quick guy, but the red zone, the red zone opportunities should be there. They kind of have been there, but he's dropped mm-hmm. everything that's come his way. That doesn't instill confidence in me. I know it doesn't instill confidence in his quarterback. As I, someone known for catching footballs, yes, I mean, that's not confidence instilling. Yeah, it's it's... Real, real bad. So I don't know what his deal is, but I'm not waiting for him to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you should either. Uh, look, if he has a good game because he gets a touchdown and you dropped him, that's the way it goes with tight ends. So still very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we'll finish off our um, cut bait players here. Staying in the NFC North. Woo. Trey Burton is my tight end at cut bait on this Who? week. Trey, Trey Burton? Who? Exactly. From where? The Bears. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Never heard of him. Yeah, because he hasn't shown up at all this season. <laughs> That's why. Uh, he's only been getting two to three receptions a game for minimal yards. His highest yards total is 20 yards in a game. Not Ugh. good. Not good. And I know he started the season dinged up. He's been injured. They're coming off their bye. So maybe things change. But you still have Mitchell Trubisky as the uh, quarterback there. The offense has not looked good at all. And Mitchell hasn't really been looking at his tight ends for whatever reason. We keep waiting for this breakout for Burton, and it's just not happening here. And I don't expect it to happen. I mean, he's got a couple of good matchups over the next few weeks where maybe he could have a little bit more usage. But until it happens a couple weeks in a row at least, I just don't buy it at this point anymore so i feel like you can safely cut bait on him a lot of folks still hanging on to him yeah but not worth it agreed all right let's talk shit shows you want to talk about our shit shows of the week let's do it all right i will kick us off here um boy you you could almost see it coming but you didn't want to believe that it was coming juju smith schuster the hype machine of the offseason Goes out and gets you one reception for seven yards. Juju Smith-Schuster is not somebody you can sit. It's a start-your-stud thing. Absolutely. You, you have to keep them in your lineups. But when stuff like this happens, and again, you can see it coming because they're on their third-string quarterback mm-hmm. who had never started a game before. Uh, I don't know where he played college. I don't think it matters. He was an undrafted guy, came out. He, and he, he was from Sanford. No, wait. Not, not Stanford. Stan, no. Sanford. Samford? Sanford. That's that. That doesn't help. It's no. still confidence, certainly. Um, you could almost, again, you could see the writing on the wall, but you wanted to believe. You I like did. to think that they'll at least get Juju the ball uh, of anyone. No. They did not. 
They certainly did that. But they didn't get anybody involved. I think the quarterback threw for a total of 150. Which, considering it's your third string quarterback, rookie, undrafted rookie, by the by. Undrafted. With his first NFL start. He didn't look awful. Let's put it that way. No, Well, and he beat the Chargers, so he yes. did what he's supposed to do. Exactly. Okay? But he didn't do what he's supposed to do for Juju owners, which is get him the ball. He only got seven of those 150 yards. Right. That's real bad. That is bad. Uh, what else did you say? I don't think you have to say anything. <laughs> Good, because I'm out. So my shit show player of the week is, as we alluded to earlier, mm. Mr. Jared Goff of the Los Angeles Rams. And I know we said San Francisco's defense is looking legit this year, but with all the weapons they have on that offense and the offensive brilliance of uh, McVay, you would think he would do better than 13 of 24 for 78 yards. I mean... And a fumble. How? No touchdowns, no interceptions, but he had a fumble. It's just... Yeah, how does I'm that just happen? Talking shit about the third string rookie who came in and threw for 150. Jared Goff throws for 78. He throws for half. Yes, and oh. you know I, I don't know offhand how many sacks there were. I know there was a f- number of sacks. I mean San Francisco was all over him. I and I know his offensive line is awful. Uh, I believe they just lost an, uh, their offensive guard now to uh, knee injury. This week too, so that so things are not getting better on that front, but yeah, he just oh, just awful this week. Jared Goff, more like Jared Goffle, am I right? You're right. Yeah. Hey, we're right. Okay. Uh, on to good things. Yes. Skim right past this. Yep. Uh, best matchups for the week, week seven. Yes. Who do you want to kick us off with at the quarterback for a good matchup? I am gonna say A. A. Ron. Rogers. God, this is the most Homer episode we have ever I know. had of this podcast, and I love it. I'm not apologizing <laughs> one bit. Deal with it, people. So, yeah, Aaron Rodgers, he's going against Oakland. Do I have to say more? I mean, their defense is not good. I know wide receivers, you know, we've talked about it, very thin at wide receiver right now, but I don't think that's going to matter. I feel like the offense is starting to click. There were so many drops this last week against Detroit. I feel like that's going to get corrected. I feel like Aaron is starting to get to that point where he's pissed off about everybody questioning how good the offense is and questioning him, you know, saying he's past his prime, yada, yada, yada. He's due for just a monster week and for everything on the offense to finally click. They've been getting close. I feel like this could be the week against a very porous Oakland defense. Even last week with all those drops, he still almost had 300 yards and two touchdowns. So mm-hmm. still a respectable day. And right. an interception, which was just fluky yes. and, and silly. Um, so against good people? Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, against a, a bad defense with hopefully better uh, or more aware receivers. And maybe if we're lucky, Devontae will be back, which, you know, to have your binky would help, but oh, uh, I'm not counting on that. No, me neither. Um, I'm going with Dak Prescott this week. He gets to face Philly. Philly is about as bad as it gets for secondaries. Mm-hmm. He will possibly be without Amari Cooper. I think that's going to be okay. Uh, Michael Gallup is really damn good at football, and I think that he can be a number one type receiver. 
It's been a downhill trajectory for Dax since about week three. I think this is a little bit where the dip starts to go back up. Um, and, and I know that you agree with me for reasons that we'll get to later. Um, but, but I expect just a huge day against a, a really, really mm-hmm. bad Philly divisional. All right. Moving on to running backs, I've got Leonard Fournette at Cincinnati. Woo. Again, Cincinnati, awful defense. Leonard Fournette's been looking pretty damn good this year. He's been, uh, looks like kind of how he did his rookie season, uh, you know, running, you know, with some anger, with authority, uh, and surprisingly, catching balls out of the backfield. What the fuck's that about? Which is great. Like, that's, nobody expected it. And he looks good doing it. It's not like they're fluky, like, stone hands, fumbling around. Yeah. Like, he actually looks like he's a solid receiving back. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be that, you know, Saquon Barkley catch it eight times out of the backfield. But, you know, four or five receptions a game, I mean, that's solid PPR points on top of all the rushing work he gets. Uh, and he's looking healthy. He's managed to stay healthy so far this season. And again, Cincinnati's defense is just not very good. So I feel like this is a great matchup for him. He just needed me to trade him away in Dynasty to really light that fire under him. Well, and he's a my guy. I think it works. Yeah, that's true. I should have traded him to you in Dynasty. You should have. Well, I mean, you should have come call him. <laughs> All right. Uh, my running back for, for a great matchup this week is, I'm trying to go a little low-key here, Naheem Hines. Hines hasn't been a guy that you've really felt comfortable starting. I certainly haven't, um, even in full PPR formats. He's underwhelmed from what mm-hmm. I expected. I expected him to get a lot more catches. Um, I think a little bit of that is due to the quarterback situation. Uh, when he was attached to Andrew Luck, I thought it was going to be a lot better. Maybe. I feel like, though, Marlon Mack has also shown that he can catch balls and kind of that complete back. He, he's been better, certainly, yes. than he was last year. Um, which, and so, it's, yeah, it's not a guarantee anymore right. that it's going to be Hines right. catching the ball. You know, they can do it. Um, with with Mac, granted, you know he only has seven catches or something on the year, but still, that's about seven more than he had this time mm-hmm. last year, I think. But um, he gets to play Houston, who has allowed the most receptions and the second most receiving yards to running backs, and they've been good against the run itself. They have stuffed the run. Um, they're just outside the top defenses, top ten defenses for that. So I think this could actually be a nice reinvigorating game for Heinz owners. Maybe you can get a spike in value and then sell them after this week. Perfect, because I own them in a couple places. There you go. All right, wide receivers. I have Michael Gallup. Hey. Uh, for many of the reasons you already discussed, the big one being I don't think Cooper's going to play this week. I, it's just a gut feeling. Uh, I know they're saying it doesn't seem like a serious injury, and it's kind of more of a pain tolerance issue. I don't think he's going to play. So Michael Gallup will be the number one wide receiver. Randall Cobb you know, was out this last week with injury. Who knows if he's going to be back. Even if he is, he's probably going to be dinged up. You know, Jason Witten's 1,000 years old. <laughs> so who else are they going to throw to? I know Zeke's there. He's been underwhelming yep. kind of this year. So, uh, And Gallup has looked really, really good. Really good. Him and Dak have gotten on the same page this year after last year. 
Um, I think Gallup was only catching like 54% of passes thrown his way or something. He's a rough rookie. Yes. So uh, fire him up. He is going to have a great week. So on board with that. I love when we can have these mesh in harmony like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Not meshing in harmony at all. Not meshing with much of anything that we've talked about on this podcast ever is Taylor Gabriel. For my wide receiver... uh, I don't, I don't think that there would ever be a game where I wanted to play Taylor Gabriel, but the Saints are so bad against slot receivers that if Taylor Gabriel does in fact suit up, which it is not a guarantee, it's starting to trend that way from everything that I've seen, but certainly not a guarantee that he plays. But if he does, I am firing him up because Saints as a defense aren't great overall, but they're really, really bad for slot receivers, so he could have a nice big day. Okay. And we'll finish off with tight ends. I've got Evan Ingram. Now this, of course... This is a cheat. I know. And this is assuming he plays. But, you know, this segment is called Best Matchups. Not yeah. not Best Less Obvious Matchups. Should we, should we call it? Okay, well, we can change that moving forward, but it's already in the show doc, so I'm All sticking right. with it. Fine. Uh, but yeah, Evan Ingram, if he plays, obviously he's still questionable. I think he will come back. I think had the matchup been better last week, he probably would have played. But because it was the Patriots, they knew they were just going to get steamrolled. That why put him out there. But Arizona, I expect them to win. And I expect Ingram to return to tight end one prominence. I like it. I like it. I'm just going to hit this over the head one more time. I'm going to kick this dead horse. Uh, it's Darren Fells for me at the tight end position. Talked about him a lot as my pickup. Uh, he gets a great matchup this week against Indy, who is soft against tight ends. Um, and again, the target share is there. The yards are there. The red zone work, there. Nice. Let's do it. All right, bold predictions. Are you ready for it? God, I'm so ready. Do you want to start or should I start? I think you should start just... We have that momentum rolling in right. the other segment already. All right. So my bold prediction this week is that Dak Prescott throws for three touchdowns and also has one rushing touchdown. I love the matchup against Philadelphia. He's due, you know, he's good for at least six rushing touchdowns every season. So he's due for one. But uh, their secondary is so bad right now. Uh, even with Amari Cooper possibly missing the game. That's the only thing that made this bold for me. With with Amari in there, I, I figured this is a lot. With him out, I still, yeah. I like this. So that makes it questionable, but I still think it's going to happen. Uh, you know, they got embarrassed this last week against the Jets, so they are going to come out and just, they're going to be ready to rock and roll, I feel like. So, um, You're not buying that Jason Garrett's lost the room and everybody's just going to sit down on the field, no. cross their legs, and take a nap? Nope. Don't buy it. I don't actually know how you would take a nap with your legs crossed like that, but I bet there's a way. Well, sure. you super comfortable. But... You can lay on your back and do it. You do it. You don't have to be sitting up with just your legs with your crossed. Legs in the air like that, or no, just crossed on the ground. Crossed on the side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. All right. I have a muy caliente prediction. Oh. Yeah. That's very spicy. Oh. In case you didn't know. I did not know. Okay, yes, yeah, so it's a very spicy prediction. This and this week. is super spicy. Yeah, uh, I'm not messing around here today, man. The Rams' top three wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Bobby Woods, Brandon Cooks, will combine for 
Hundo receiving yards. Oh! That is... Can you feel it? Oh, that is spicy. Can and you I feel love it, it in your giblets? I love it. Because I can. So, look, we just talked about how Jared Goff finished the week with 78 passing yards. That is less than a third of what mm-hmm. I predicted. But they went against San Fran, who is a top two defense. Yes. Not going against San Fran this week. They're going against the Falcons, who are a bottom three defense against the pass. Atlanta likes to throw out points still. That's still kind of their thing. Mm-hmm. This could be a shootout. Uh, it's going to be a boat race. At Atlanta, which is helps uh, for this case, I believe. Because right. nobody, nobody needs to play in L.A. anymore, by the way. It's a side thing. Can we just I concur. Off that? But this is Atlanta. Um, I fully expect them to bounce back because, yeah, I think you should be embarrassed about what happened last Absolutely. week. Absolutely. And I do not believe for one minute that Sean McVay lets that stand. Um, only once this this season has it happened where these guys have uh, gone for more than 300 yards. That was against Tampa Bay. I think this is the second time. This is the second coming of that, and I am so damn ready for it. All right. So am I. Yeah. Needs, so to am I. Needs to happen. All right. So that pretty much uh, finishes up our episode this week. Just a bi-week reminder for you all. Got Carolina, Cleveland, Pittsburgh, and Tampa Bay all on the bye this week, so please take them out of your lineup unless you like zero points uh, in your lineup, which maybe, I don't. Maybe just like how it looks from a layout standpoint. Maybe. Know? Just looks clean. Maybe. If you're into that. If you're it. into that sort of thing. But uh, yes, please uh, be mindful of the bye and uh, take some of our advice Take all to of heart. It. What are you talking about? Some of it. Take all of our advice. All right. You're ch- that's right. Take all of it. <laughs> You know, as always, if you have any last minute start sit questions, trade questions, let us know. We're yeah. here to answer. We're here to help yeah. to make your fantasy season successful. Also, if you guys have a beer suggestion for us to try, I, w- I want to see. I want to know what our listeners are drinking. Absolutely. I feel like that's a part of this that's been left out a little bit. Uh, I want to know what y'all... Yeah, what are some of your favorite beers out there? Classes, because we've been talking... I feel like it's been a, a monologue more than a dialogue about these beers. And we, we need to reintroduce the other side of it. So let us know if you have one that you want us to try. Mm-hmm. You don't have to like be a part owner of the brewery to do this, by the way. Just tell us what you like drinking. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Also, We're always looking if, for suggestions. If you have a bad beer, too, I want to know that because I'm going to run out of ideas, clearly, <laughs> by the time our beer bets are done. Uh, you shut off. your face. So I only have so many options. So if you have one that you want to see this guy try, then let us know that, too. All right. So you can find us and give us your suggestions at Drinking Fantasy. You can find me at FF Dusty Dog. You can find myself <laughs> at Jake Trowbridge. Uh, any last words here for our lovely guests? Into week seven. Yes. Good luck. May the fantasy gods be with you in this upcoming week. And keep drinking and talking fantasy football. Cheers, F-Peppers. Shut, shut, shut.